Welcome to the Wall of Soundtrack, a show where we discuss the music and soundtracks behind the very best TV shows and motion pictures. In this episode, we'll be analyzing and discussing the music and soundtrack behind the Amazon Prime original series, The Boys. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Orange Line Condo. If you're in the market for a condo in the DC metro area, you have to go with Orange Line Condo. Realtor Sean Battle has over 15 years of selling properties and is licensed in both the DC and Virginia area with Century 21 Redwood Realty. Sean has also been a top producer with the National Association of Realtors annually since 2005 and has been awarded yearly Century 21's Top Agent Awards for sales and quality service. Sean is also not only a good friend of mine, but he is a great guy and a realtor that is in your corner. If you are in the market for real estate, don't hesitate. Call Sean Battle now and get your dream home. For more information and to schedule an initial consultation, visit www.orangelinecondo.com or call 703-999-8108. That's 703-999-8108. Hey, everybody. It's Andrew. Just a quick update. It's been way too long since I put out new content, so I apologize for that. I've been busy with work and on travel, but a lot of new content coming your way. I will be doing an album review of Corn's The Nothing, so be on the lookout for that. I will also be doing a new episode of the Wall of Soundtrack podcast where Cy and I analyze and dissect the music and soundtrack behind Michael Mann's epic crime drama film, Heat. So be on the lookout for that. And don't forget to come by the YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, show us some love and support. We really appreciate it. And on to the episode we go. The Boys is based off of a comic book series that was created by Garth Ennis, who started it in 2006 on the DC Comics Wildstorm imprint, and then it was eventually transitioned over to Dynamite Entertainment. The show focuses around two groups, the Seven, a group of superheroes owned by Vought International, and the Boys, a clandestine group determined to take down the mostly corrupt Seven. The score for the show was composed by Christopher Lannertz, who's known for his work on Think Like a Man, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Horrible Bosses, and the video game series Medal of Honor. The show also had a cast of actors and actresses, mostly indie, including the following. Anthony Starr as Homelander. Carl Urban as Billy Butcher, Jack Quaid as Huey Campbell, Aaron Moriarty as Starlight, Aya Cash as Stormfront, Elizabeth Shue as Madeline Stilwell, Giancarlo Esposito as Stan Edgar, and Las Alonzo as Mother's Milk. My returning guest for this discussion is Cy Shackleford. You can follow his content on his Twitter feed at Shack underscore house 83. I had a blast doing this episode with Cy. It was a long time since we had done an episode and we had to end up doing this one over Zoom, but uh, we had a blast. I really enjoyed it and I hope you guys do as well. Here's my discussion with Cy on the music and soundtrack behind Amazon Prime's original series, The Boys. Right, Cy. How's it going, man? Long time no it, see. Yes, it's been a while since we've done one of these, and I've been eager to get back into the saddle. Same here, man. This pandemic's been crazy. It has, but it's also making it's made us take stock of certain things, and also had us learn things about ourselves too in the process. Yeah, yeah, man. Just uh, you gotta appreciate life and try to stay healthy. <laughs> 
Oh yes. Oh yes. Healthy. Being healthy is a key. I think I've been to a doctor more times this year, not for COVID stuff, but for other stuff, repeated stuff. And it's like, uh, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know, but I'm glad, I'm glad to be alive. Yeah. Glad to be. <laughs> it's like, you don't, nobody wants to be in a doctor's office. So I feel you, man. It's uh, it's crazy. Shit. I don't even want to be in no dentist's office for anything. <laughs> so, uh, have you, uh, have you seen any new movies on Amazon prime or Netflix, any new shows? Okay, um, I've seen a lot since the last time we spoke. Um, what's it called? Uh, Amazon Prime. I've been watching the show Zero Zero Zero. It's an eight-episode series. It's like Traffic, the movie Traffic, about how drugs are trafficked around the area, who's involved, and what regions are involved, but a lot more explicit. Um, yeah. What else? My favorite show right now is on FX, Snowfall. That's that's a real good show. It shows the rise of crack cocaine in South Central Los Angeles in 1984. John Singleton, he was behind it, right? Yeah, Even though he's yeah, he he passed away, I think, right, like last year or maybe or uh, one or two years ago. Yeah, I mean, he's still credited as an executive producer on the show, but and it just finished its fourth season. But you can tell, you can tell where the writing is going without his input. Yeah, you can tell like when certain people like leave their touches on you know shows and movies like you know Jerry Bruckheimer and mm -hmm. all those like you know uh, real famous producers. Or yeah, or like the TV show The Boondocks that used to come on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim Block. The guy that created it, Aaron Magruder, he created it from a comic strip that he started at University of Maryland. But it got so popular, he made it into a TV show on Adult Swim. Lasted for four seasons, but by the fourth season, he had he no longer had any involvement in it. But the the first episode of the fourth season, where they made reference to something called the Woodcrest Post Pavilion, I'm like. <laughs> Come on, dude. Come on. You can't tell me Magruder didn't have no involvement in this somehow. It's a reference to Merriweather in Columbia, where he's from. Okay. Okay. Nice little Maryland reference there. Yeah. Just like The Wire, man. There were so many like different, you know, landmarks in in The Wire and and references. <laughs> yeah. Only thing that pissed me off is that they took to the final episode to reference my city, Silver Spring. I know. What's up with that? And I, isn't isn't David uh, David uh, Simon's from yeah. Silver Spring? What's yeah. up with that? And he went to my high school too, which was in Bethesda, but still. Yeah. What's that? Uh, I mean, Rockville uh, or um, BCC. BCC. Yeah. Chase high school. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah they sh they shouted out Bethesda, Laurel, and Columbia before us. I'm like, really? Seriously? Dude. Shameful. No love for Silver Spring, other than that song by uh, what's it? Uh, Fleetwood Mac, right? Yeah, you can be my Silver Springs. <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing a lot of shows. Uh, one we. <clears throat> When we watched and kind of devoured uh, was um, it's not done yet, by the way, it's Queen of the South. I think there's like a fifth season that's coming out or it's already oh, out, yeah. actually, but yeah. really good. Alice Braga. She's a beast. Yeah, she was really mm -hmm. good in that. Um, that's definitely one of my favorites. Ozark, of course, which we got to do a wall of soundtrack on Ozark, man. They have so many good songs in, in that show. And, and so much to talk about in that show, too. What's it called? That show was Money Laundering 101. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy, man. It's and like there, a show on how to be a criminal, right? <laughs> yeah, and season three, season three, the way that ended, it's like, yo, I can't wait for season four, which is going to be their final season, by the way. Yeah, it's got to be killer, I imagine. Like, just no pun intended, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the way that season three ended was just nuts. And, uh, oh, have you seen any new movies at all? Because last, a month ago, I went to what's it called, the... um. I went to the Cinemark Egyptian Theater over in Arundel Mills. 
Yeah, because a friend of mine, he rented out a theater for about 20 of us so we could see the Godzilla versus Kong film. Oh, okay. How was that? That was better than I thought. I, I don't I don't usually like monster movies like that, but it kept, I, I stayed awake the whole time and like I was not I was not bored by it. It was it was dope. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one movie with um, Michael. Um, what's it? Michael B. Jordan. Uh, he was in the um, he was in Creed, right? The new Rocky movies. It's called uh, Without Remorse. The Tom yeah, Clancy I've, I've, book. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some promos about that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little iffy about it though, man, because like I don't know. It looks more like action kind of. It doesn't remind me at all. It doesn't look like, you know, Patriot Games or Clear and Present Danger with, with Harrison Ford. Like Harrison Ford. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to be good. I just, uh, I don't know. It just seems I, like very Michael Bayish <laughs> looking. Yeah. Michael, Michael Bayish, he, he, he tell, he does action in order to compensate for the fact that he doesn't know how to tell a story. <laughs> the Rock was pretty good. I like The Rock. That, that so was a good the, movie. The Rock. The Rock is dope, and so is always the first Transformers movie, the first live-action one. That's the only one that matters. Anything after that? Yeah. <laughs> but hey, man, we're doing uh, we're doing a movie or a soundtrack today, The Boys. Um, oh yeah. This is a killer show, man. I didn't think this would be one that uh, that that I'd, I'd like, but I, you know, it's like very uh, uh, satirical on the on yes. the whole uh, superhero thing, and it, it's it's uh, it's pretty in your face, man. It's gritty. It is. It is. And I didn't get into the boys until the second season. I mean, despite people telling me, check out the boys during season one, you'll like it. It's right up your alley. It's dark humored. It, it takes a colossal dump on the superhero genre. Yeah. And, and as a fan of the superhero genre, anything, anything that gets big like that, it's worthy of parody or some kind of satire about it. But the boys, the guy who created the book, it's based off an ongoing series by Garth Ennis. Like this dude must really not like the superheroes at all. I know, and they really took it to another level with like the marketing and making fun of like how many followers each like superhero has, and yeah, they made them crazy. movie stars. Yeah, they made them movie stars pretty much. Yeah, like what would happen if superheroes were real? They'd be celebrities, and they let it go to their head. Well, it's almost when you think about it, it's almost a, a satire and kind of a joke of Hollywood. I mean, and it's funny because mm -hmm. Amazon made the series, and they're kind of like disrupting the whole movie making and tv show process so it's kind of uh -huh. like a joke on top of a joke right <laughs> it's, it's, a it's like a meta satire yeah exactly <laughs> but uh and and the thing that that's really cool about this show is there's not a lot of really well-known actors i mean like there are a few like elizabeth shoe you know there's some cameos from what was it uh katie kirk is like in one of the mm -hmm. episodes and i think Jean um, sorry carlo Jean carlo esposito he plays what's it called a uh, Edgar, Edgar Vaught, I think his name is. Okay. Yeah. And then um, I think, who's the guy from that no, movie? No, Stan, Stan Edgar. My fault. That's his name. Pineapple Express. Who is that guy? Um, oh, my God. Um, Seth Rogen. Isn't Seth Rogen like he makes an appearance in like the first season or something? He like, might. He's like, yeah, he's like on the TV or something and they're interviewing him about, I, I forget what it was, but there was like a lot of random cameos in the show. I thought there that was are. pretty funny. There are, and like, what's it called? They got like one of the main guys who's part of the uh, the boys group, uh, Huey, Huey Campbell. He's played by Jack Quaid, who's actually the son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. I know. I saw that name and I was like, I wonder if, and then, you know, I, I yeah. DB'd it and I was like, holy cow, he's he's Dennis Quaid's uh, son, you know? And, and, 
and and I hark back to one of our previous podcasts. The chick that plays Starlight, Erin Moriarty, she played uh she played on True Detective season one. She was one of Woody Harrelson's daughters. Oh Old wow, wow, good good catch, man. Mm-hmm. I was wondering how I I I recognized her face, and I she kind of looks like um. Oh, who was that? That lead uh, in the first season of uh, House of Cards, the like reporter. Oh, uh, Kate Mara. Kate Mara. She kind of looks like Kate Mara, I think, a little bit. Like she could pass oh, for like, like Kate a, Mara's like sis, twin sister or something. Like a blonder, skinnier version of Kate Mara. Yeah, yeah exactly. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, dude, this this show is really really awesome. Um, the guy who plays uh Billy Butcher, um, what's his Carl name? Urban. Carl Carl Urban. Yeah, I haven't seen him in much either, and I, I think the what was he in like a Doom or Star something? Trek. He was, he was Star in all Trek. three. He, he was in all three of the Star Trek films. The uh, the J.J. Abrams one. He played a uh, Doctor McCoy Bones. Okay, okay, yeah. And then I know he was in Doom with like The Rock, which yeah. was a was a was a bad movie, I think, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, or maybe and, uh, some people like it, but uh, and also he's got a fellow. He's from New Zealand, and he's got a fellow New Zealander actor on here too on the boys, uh, Anthony Starr, who plays the Homelander. Oh yeah. yeah, which I didn't I didn't recognize him in a lot of stuff either. I mean, I only know him from Banshee, the TV show that used to be on Showtime, where he was the main character on there. Oh yeah, yeah. That, I only saw a couple episodes of that. That looked pretty like a pretty cool show though. Yeah, it was pretty good. My cousin, one of my cousins, he loves that show. Can tell you everything about it. Like the way we are with the Wire, he can know everything about Banshee. Yeah, it's like a cult, like a cult show. <laughs> kind of yeah. Yeah, and then. Um, and then what Elizabeth Shue makes a, a cameo, right? As the leader of the, um, what's the organization? She uh, was the, she was the head of, uh, or rather the, the general manager of Vought International because Giancarlo Esposito, his character is actually the head of it. Okay. But she was like his, uh, his GM pretty much. Yeah. And I was like, man, I haven't seen her since like that movie with, uh, Val Kilmer, the saint. I haven't seen I haven't her seen- in like forever. I haven't seen her since Hollow Man. Hollow Man, yeah, that was another one with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> but she she came back this year too with a cameo in Cobra Kai, reprising her role as Allie. Oh, that's awesome! That yeah. is so awesome. That show is really getting pretty popular. That's one we should do a we should do a wall of soundtrack on too. Yeah, yeah. I bet you. Do you think uh, they bring back any of the uh, the what the '80s slash late '90s or early '90s music? Well, they do that a little bit in the show, just yeah. like they brought back, just like they brought back several of the actors, actors reprising their roles from the three Karate Kid movies. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Ralph Macchio. I always remember him from Entourage. Oh <laughs> <Johnny> yeah, drama. <laughs> Macchio, how did you get in here? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. All right, man. So let's jump into this. Uh, the boys um, start with the first song. What's that? heart uh by barracuda. heart barracuda and yeah. um yeah this is this is one i feel like we've seen we've heard on another on another film i feel like was it on um was it on the wraith maybe or no nah, it wasn't on the wraith nah but i've heard it used several times before in other movies tv shows commercials yeah, and sarah palin she used it most famously during her vice presidential campaign back in 2008 but she used it without heart's permission. Don't you know? Hey, <laughs> I know. How does she? How are you from Alaska when you sound like a, a Minnesota native? Yeah, <laughs> she sounds like sounds like some Fargo. of the, some of the accent. Uh, yeah, like Fargo. Fargo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dad, are you staying for supper? 
<laughs> yeah, don't you know? Don't you know? Um, like, yeah, that's it's uh, that that show they did a spinoff too with Billy Bob Thornton. What was it Billy Bob Thornton and uh, they, they've they've done four seasons so far, and each of them are like anthologies. Yeah, they've had a Chris Rock, uh, Kirsten Dunst, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, I got to check that one out, man. I have a long list of shows I need to check out. <laughs> yeah, and the first season it's connected to the movie. They 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 give like a brief scene in how the this, this show might be connected to the movie, but other than that, it's its own thing. Yeah. Well, I've heard good things about it, so I'll have to check it out. But uh, so this is like in the opening, like like montage, right, of the show, and you have um, it, you have Starlight training, like punching the wall, and to be part of the seven, yeah, yeah. And like another thing, I want to talk about the seven. They're all they're all superheroes, different names and whatnot, and and got a different special specialty, but they all seem to have similar abilities, like super strength, endurance, durability. They all seem to have that conventional attribute in addition to their main individual power. Yeah. But anyway, they all have like a flaw to like a personal flaw or something. Or something. A personal flaw or like an individual power or something like Starlight. She generates light. Uh, the Homelander. He's Superman. Yeah. Uh, a train. He's a speedster. But they all seem to have some level of enhanced strength and and resistance to injury. And then Translucent is like like he's uh, invisible, right? Or like he can cloak. <laughs> <laughs> but he's. <laughs> He's always they, doing they, like inappropriate things. <laughs> yeah, they they made mention of that in the very first episode where they 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 uh they lampshaded that talking about translucent does not mean invisible, you idiot. <laughs> and, yeah, man. And they're and they're right. It doesn't mean invisible. It doesn't mean invisible at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, but the song, uh, what's it called, Barracuda by Heart? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's using the scene where Starlight's being training, but it's also. The lyrics seem to apply to Starlight, considering how naive she is about the whole superhero business. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like it does fit in with her personality because she's trying to get into the seven. So she's like very ambitious, you know, and she's kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, she's kind of a she's kind of a pistol, right? Like, I mean, she's she's ambitious, but without compromising her ideals. It's like she comes from a Christian home and whatnot, but that's going to wane over time as we see in later season. Yeah. The next song I like by Chris Isaac, man. I like him. Uh, Baby did a bad thing. And uh, yeah, I, you know what's crazy about that? Do you know he's in Silence of the Lambs? Yeah, he's uh He's one of the SWAT guys. Like one, the SWAT of the cor- co- one of the SWAT guys or one of the corners? I think he's one of the SWAT guys. Yeah, so like when the, the elevator scene where Lecter- Where they put uh, the ladder. Yeah. That's funny. I'm like, wow, that's a weird, that's a weird cameo. <laughs> You know? Yeah, they 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 had a lot of weird cameos in that film. Actually, I mean, despite the serious dark tone of it. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? A uh, Jonathan Demi, or was it Ted Demi that directed it? It was Jonathan Demi. Yeah, he he called in some favors. Like, what's it called? The scene where Scott Glenn's character Jack Crawford is talking to like a U.S. attorney who's chewing him out for making some phony offer to Hannibal Lecter in the senator's name. Yeah. Oh, who- that 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 was that was Roger Corman. That was Roger Corman that, that Scott Glenn was talking to. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, the, he definitely did uh, pull out all the stops, right, with the uh, cameos. <laughs> got got him best director and best picture at the Oscars, so he was set. Yeah, and he always liked doing like uh, kind of projects, like music projects. I think he did uh, a concert series like Neil Young, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, so he like it. It kind of makes sense that he had Chris Isaac in in the movie, and I think he yeah. he appreciated the the music. I think Chris Isaac's a really actually a really good musician. He reminds me of. Um, kind of reminds me of like a modern like Elvis a little bit like he's kind of like a more rock like he's got that kind of Elvis sounding 
Oh, he's home. He's, he, like, and darker and more mysterious. Because I remember him from what's it called? Like uh, the TV show Silk Stockings. His songs being played on there. That, that used to be on USA. And his song Somebody's Crying on MTV. Like a dark, mysterious crooner. Yeah. And then the Wiki, what, Wiki Game is probably his most famous one, I think. The yeah. The most popular one. And then... Um, and- what didn't he have a song on eyes? I feel like this song was on eyes wide shut. Maybe, or maybe it was used for like, like the promo or something for it. Possibly, possibly. But the way they use this song, baby did a bad thing. And the boys, uh, they use it twice in the scene where like, where Billy butcher takes Huey, who's also very naive and new to the, and new to the anti superhero game. Yeah. He takes him on a tour through sin palace, which is a club that's frequented by the superpowered people. And and it shows that the superpowered people—they're just as bad as we are, just as depraved and sick as any of us are. Yeah, they're all like drinking and doing kind of crazy stuff in there, but it does humanize them, I guess, to a certain yeah, extent. I, to a certain extent, yeah, because like the, the lyrics—they really apply to Huey because he's he's suffering heartbreak right now because his girlfriend was just killed right in front of him. She, the A train, the speedster, literally ran right through her and left Huey with only her hands. Yeah, that was. That's the grittiness of the show, man. It's just, wow. And A-Train's attitude in the club, he's just sitting there like, I think I got some of that bitch's tooth stuck in my mouth. Fuck that bitch. Yeah, he's, yeah, they they definitely seem like they're above the law. You know, they just have like kind of a, all of them have a superiority complex, you know, where Mm -hmm. they don't think they can be touched, which is probably true to an extent. To an extent, yes. I mean, a train, yeah, he can't be touched. He's a speedster. And the guy that plays A Train, he's from Silver Spring, actually. Oh, really? That's, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, but when you look at the lyrics here, I mean, I think they fit really well with the show or with the scene, rather. Um, uh, you ever loved someone so much you thought your heart was going to break in two? I, I didn't think so. You ever tried with all your heart, soul to keep? Uh, yeah, to get your lover, get your lover back to you. I want hope. Uh, I want to hope so. Yeah, and the sound of the the song just sounds like very like kind of gritty and dark and and like depressing. Too. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of scandalous, it's like you see what what Vought International they tried to do for Huey. They tried to give him forty thousand dollars just to shut him up about about the death. Like yeah. forty grand, forty grand. That's it. Yeah, I know that. That it seems like. That could be like a wrongful death lawsuit and all this stuff, but they just try yeah, to pay him off with like chump change. Pretty much, yeah. I'm like Vought International. It's like they probably because he knows he couldn't have won in a wrongful death lawsuit against them. Yeah, or he, you know, like I, he just doesn't seem like the type of guy like that Huey the character and is like they just don't seem like very aggressive, you know, or like no. wanting to push back. Even his father calls him out for that. Like you're too. Yeah, you're too pussy. Not enough cock and balls. <laughs> so we go to the next track by Iggy Pop, who I really like. Uh, this what the passenger. I, this was my. This was the. This was the, the the scene where this song was used in the end of the end of episode one, the end of, the end of the pilot episode. This scene is what made me finish the whole series in just one night. Yeah, because this song right here, the lyrics. It's so dark humored how this scene was used, Andrew. Like, what's it called? You know how it was used, like the the the, the, the airplane, right? Where Highlander comes and like shoots it down, right? Like he shoots was- it down. He shoots it down. Yeah, but here's the thing: the, the there's so much dark humor going on in the scene. I mean, this scene, the song is called "The Passenger." Yeah, the I mean, passenger. Yeah, and then he's in the, he's in a private jet. The the what's yeah. it? The uh, is it like the With mayor? The, 
the mayor of Baltimore and his I, son. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the scene starts off. The scene starts off with a close up of an autograph photograph, autograph photo of the Homelander that the Homelander gave to the boy. You know what the, you know what the photograph read? No. What did it say? Reach, reach for the sky, kiddo. Oh, boy. Jeez. I'm like, good God, this dark humor is, 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 is so fucked up. Yeah, and then that I mean, not to not to jump too far forward in the in the series, but when they were they when they were rescuing the uh the airplane that was hijacked, that part was so messed up too. That that was like a horror movie. That was a horror movie, dude. Yeah. But uh like, but this song, I mean, talk about uh dark and the iron kind of the dark humor. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you look at the lyrics, oh the passenger he rides and he rides, he looks through his window, what does he see? And if I mean it matches up, it's almost like shot for shot there, because he yeah. does look right out the window and he sees high. He's the homelander, the homelander, homelander waved him. He's yeah. like, what's he doing out here? Aren't you guys friends? <laughs> and then we see the homelander's eyes start getting red. It's like, yeah. get Uh-oh. out of the way. Too late. Yeah. Too late, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh then they like burn up in flames. Yeah, they burn up in flames on their way down. Like, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Homelander killed the father and the son with that laser blast because on the way down, that would be more horrible. Now, did he do that just to, like, why did he do that? I'm forgetting the reason. Was he trying to get back at, uh, like, was it because he did the, a four. the like he a did contract a f- or something? Or No, what's it called? The um, No one told him to go do that, right? No one told him implicitly or explicitly to do that, right? But... Yeah. The mayor of Baltimore, he didn't want to. He didn't want one of those Vought International sites put in Baltimore at all. Yeah. And and he knew about Formula V, which is what gives the the superpower the soups their superpowers, right? Yeah. So Homelander was just being pragmatic. It's like, like, do you own a cat, Andrew? No. All right. Or or have you ever owned any kind of pet before? No. All right. Well, a cat. I've seen this frequently with a cat. A cat is known to like, they're known to kill rats or birds or whatever. And then bring bring their kill to their owner, right? Yeah, that's what the Homelander is—a cat doing unsolicited acts of devotion to his owner, Madeline Stillwell. Because in the next episode, she tells him that the 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 pot, the jet went down, and he acted like he didn't know what happened at first, but she knew he had something to do with it and raked him over the coals for it. He's yeah. like, "But I did it for you, though." My like, motherfucker, I didn't ask you to. Yeah, that's a weird relationship between. Uh... Homelander very, and then Elizabeth Shue's character. It's very edible, especially on his part. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's weird, it's creepy, but uh, you know, <laughs> it I've, makes I've the, had, the show more interesting. <laughs> I've had I've had theories about that. I thought I thought the Homelander was actually her son, given what we saw in later episodes. Like he grew up in a lab, and maybe she gave him up in order to be, in order so he can be studied. But then she feels guilty about it now that he's an adult. That that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, Definitely, definitely a weird relationship. But uh, the next song by the Runaways, Cherry Bomb. Yeah, we've used this in Guardians of the Galaxy Part One. It was on that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, and they're there. And to reiterate, they're a female hard rock band from the 1970s, and the song is very aggressive, and it matches the second episode's title, Cherry. Yeah, that's that's uh that's that's uh nice and uh crafty there of them to do that. yeah mm-hmm. nice um yeah they uh, i th- it's kind of crazy how how many times did was this used in something else too that we i'm trying to remember um cherry Bomb. just just guardians of the galaxy yeah the first one that's the only one i can think of that that was used in we do see a couple more songs uh we do, you know and uh, that we've 
you know, covered in other series. It's it's crazy sure. how a lot of these songs get get rotated. I Recycled. Feel, yeah, I feel like Rolling Stones is definitely one of them. Can you can't you hear me knocking? Mm-hmm. That that one has gotten used in so many shows I've been watching, like Jack Ryan. It got used in Ozark. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, this is uh, definitely an aggressive song. Um, do you feel like it matches the episode, like the tone of the episode too? I mean, oh yeah, it matches. The, it matches the tone of the series itself. It's aggressive as hell. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they seem like Very, they really knew their music in this series, uh, and they definitely liked uh, Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they incorporated, and they managed to incorporate that into Huey's character, too. Yeah, they definitely play a bunch of songs by Billy Joel. Um, yeah, they do. All right, Bill Withers, Ain't No Sunshine, that's the next track. That This is a classic, I mean. R.I.P. to DMX, who sampled uh, this song for a song of the same name on the Exit Wound soundtrack in 2001. Yeah, I mean, I'm I DMX was such a an icon, man, and like had so many good tracks. I mean, we 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 covered one in uh, any given Sunday, any given Sunday, mm-hmm. and then um, I mean, he did a lot of uh, a lot of. I feel like he did a lot of tracks on um, with like films that he did with uh, Jet Li and uh, Your Cradle to the Grave, yeah, Exit Wounds. I mean, yeah, a great you know action kind of acting career. He did a he lot did. of stuff, man. Like, I mean, he had an unparalleled career. I mean, the dude had five number one albums. Each one of them went multi-platinum. Movies. Uh, what else? Uh, TV show appearances. Um, he, he, and, and plus his the, the, his infamous personality too. Yeah. And the way he sp- the way he spoke, the way he could go off. It's like X was a character. I think he did. A, didn't he do a movie with Steven Seagal? I want yeah, to say that was ex, that was ex, that was exit wounds. Exit wounds, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steven Seagal, famous for breaking elbows. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody makes fun of the way that guy runs too. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh man! So back to Bill Withers, "Ain't No Sunshine." Um, th- this is, we've covered another song by him, um, "Use Me," which was in The Wire, and that was also yeah. in um, Any Given Sunday. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, he's he's a great artist, man. He's just uh, most deaf. I mean, he's what more R and he's R and B, right? More R and B soul kind of like, and with a tinge of jazz. Yeah. And, um, this is, th- I guess the song plays in episode five when Frenchie, he finds, um, Comi- Kimiko, Comico, Yeah. <laughs> Lifeless. Um, but like, I guess he figures out that she has this like power, like healing power, right? Like, right. Yes. And that's a, that's that character. Is so scary, man, that Comico, like, she just when they when they first encountered her and she just tore up those guys in the basement. Yeah, it was she's freaky. A, she's a beast. She's a beast. Kimiko is, and luckily she got that healing factor too, because otherwise she'd be dead. Yeah, and like the thing that's crazy is her, like her character kind of changes. I feel like like throughout the series, she becomes like a little bit more laid back. I feel like especially with Frenchie. I guess they get to to know the, know each other, know the boys, and. Oh yeah, yeah, and Frenchie, and this is how Frenchie gets attracted to her. This very when he meets her here, and the lyrics "Ain't no sunshine when she's gone," it's not warm when she's away. I mean, she goes away, runs away at first. Yeah, and he and he feels a certain type of way about it. But as we see later in the episode, she comes back. Yeah, don't they? They they find uh, they find her like in that uh, what's it that um, store, and like she reunites with the with her brother. Yeah, that's what it happened. Yeah, and they were part of like like a wasn't like a terrorist group or. Some kind of freedom fighter group. Freedom or something fighter group, yeah. 
it's pretty crazy um yeah cool, cool backstory though um but yeah this song is epic um definitely one that shines out in this soundtrack and then you know we go to billy joel of course big shot and mm -hmm. this was used when was this used i'm trying to in the ending credits of in the ending credits of uh, episode six, which is entitled "The Innocence," which is also a Billy Joel reference to his 19, 1983 album "An Innocent Man." Yeah, uh, this song I don't know as well. Yeah, yeah but I, I'm a Billy Joel fan. That's how I know. <laughs> <laughs> All I know, I, I like you know, uh, we didn't start the fire. That's an epic song, um, epic music video too. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, he uh, he's got a bunch of bunch of hits. Um, definitely a great, a great artist. I don't know how he remembers the lyrics to that song. Uh, we didn't start the fire. I mean, it's just like, I used to know them all, but it's like, <laughs> it's too much. It's too, it's too much. much. Yeah. It's too much. You I, definitely need like a, a prompter when you're, when you sing those or in karaoke, if, if you can, mm -hmm. it's still hard singing that in karaoke, even when you have a prompter, man, that's, it's crazy. It is. It is. But, uh, yeah, this is, um, this played at the ending credits and uh i guess we kind of figure out that he's he's a big billy joel fan um uh mm -hmm. and uh we definitely hear more of these songs that's for sure um, yeah i mean this i mean this song it's like billy joel wrote it to take a shot at rich people really especially the new newly rich people in the city and in the show's context the the rich people are the soups yeah they're always like looking for the like endorsement deals and the appearances and mm -hmm. it's crazy, man. Like social media, like with that poor kid who had cancer. Remember, uh, what was oh, it? Yeah. He was, uh, he and was, he, well, he, he wanted translucent. He want to see a train. Yeah. So he was like live streaming it. And then like when he showed up, all the like viewers went away and all that it was <laughs> funny kind of dark humor there. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so then we go to Air Supply, right? All out of love. Yeah, um, they're pretty popular, right? Like, I mean, they've they've been in uh, a bunch of like comedy movies, and I feel like they were in they old have. school or something, like, or at least one of their songs were because they were they were a very big '80s band. Yeah, and this and this song was a hit too. Yeah, and this is when uh, when Billy Butcher's uh, thinking about his wife, Becca, Presum who, his presumably dead wife. Yeah. Which is kind of a crazy story. This yeah, is where the, and that's where the show starts to really get, really get good. The plot. It's like, are you when you see it, like the end of the at the end of season one, you're like, what the? F yeah, you're like, I didn't, you know, you you thought Billy but, Butcher was just crazy, right? Like yeah, he was just uh -huh. chasing this kind of dream that you knew wasn't true, but now nah, Billy turns he out hates, to be true. Billy's misanthropic and he hates the soups. You see how he how he was in that uh. And that anti-superhero support group. Yeah. Like or, or, or one of the dudes is talking about, I had sex with a girl who has the power to freeze and she froze my dick off. <laughs> he had like no sympathy. He was none, none. What was his background? Is he, was he in like the special forces or something or he, he must've been military at some point, stage. Cause the way he carries himself and the way he's proficient with guns. Yeah. Exactly. He's got, he, he must be ex military. It's like Chris Partlow from the wire. Yeah. <laughs> They don't say flat out that he's ex-military, but in behind the scenes, they'll say they'll confirm it. Yeah. Um, and you look at the lyrics too. I'm lying alone with my head uh, on the phone, thinking of you until it hurts. I mean, it matches up perfectly with what he's he's feeling in that scene. I, I know you hurt too, but what else can we do? And he doesn't know that she's alive, and yeah, she she's hurting because of what the Homelander did to her. Yeah, which was messed up. You know that, that 
this the the plot definitely takes a twist, but I wasn't expecting that. But uh, me me neither. Yeah. Then we go to our next track, The Shadows, uh, Sleepwalk. I'm not really super familiar with this band. Um, me neither. Me neither. It's for, it's it's an instrumental that was written. It's a cover of an instrumental that was done by Santo and Johnny back in 1959, and the real version was used in the opening credits and the ending scene of the 1987 biopic La Bamba. Okay, and that was where oh. Lou Diamond Lou Diamond Phillips when he played Richie Valens, the singer. Oh yeah, yeah, wow. And it's often used. The instrumental is often used as like a as like a, a selection to honor the dead. Yeah, and. He was in um, what's it, Lou Diamond Phillips? He was in uh, what, Courage Under Fire? Have you seen that one with uh, oh, yeah, with Meg Ryan and Matt Damon? Yeah, that's a good yeah. movie. That's a good movie. And um, he made Stand, like, a, sorry, go ahead. Stand, he was in Stand and Deliver, the 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 Jaime Escalante biopic with Edward James Olmos. Um, what else? The big hit with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, uh, the first two, the two Young Guns movies where he played Jose Chavez y Chavez. Yeah, and 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 he also makes. Uh, a cameo in um, Goliath, which like season two mm-hmm. with uh, that show with Billy Bob Thornton. And if you haven't seen that one, check it out. It's on the Amazon prime. It's uh, it's really good. I'll check that. Yeah. Um, but this is kind of a trippy song, you know, it was it like, is. I don't know. I mean, I think it fits well, but I wasn't expecting something like, especially, especially what, like, after what we, what we previously saw in the previous scene. Yeah. And I yeah, believe they- sorry, go ahead. Where they were in Madeline Stillwell's home, the butcher and the homelander, and the baby keeps crying, and the homelander, you don't know what the fuck's gonna happen because he's got a bomb strapped to Madeline Stillwell. Yeah. Well, then, what happens to her? Just kind of, you weren't yeah, expecting she, that either. Like, weren't expecting him to homelander to to yeah he, take he her, her out. Yeah. And not like that. He, he burned her eyes out, and then what's it called? Billy Butcher said, "Fuck it, just pull the trigger." <laughs> the scene goes white, and he wakes up on a lawn. It's like, is he dreaming? Yeah, you don't know what happens. It's kind of weird. Yeah, but the Homelander got him out of there in time, and Madeline Stillwell's baby too. Yeah, and and they bring him. They bring him to a location to find that uh, Butcher's wife, Rebecca, she's alive, and has a son, the Homelander's son. Yeah, the ho- the Homelander's son via rape. Yeah, it's 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 weird. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is. The next track by Rolling Stones, man. This sympathy for the devil. It's mm-hmm. been used. I feel like it's another one. It's been used in a lot of uh, a lot of from, a lot of films, a lot of TV shows. I remember it from the movie Flight. Yeah, with Denzel, the scene where Denzel and uh, where in any scene where John Goodman when he comes in the room and brings Denzel some drugs. Yeah, it's always him. <laughs> yeah, he's like leaving the hospital. He's like, "Oh, I got you, man. I got you. I'm gonna take care of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, gonna take care of you, brother. Just smile. <laughs> I got you some stroke mags, some vodka." <laughs> he gives you, him he gives him the beer like in the car he gives him like a road soda he's like here you beer, go yeah. man <laughs> no, no thanks like fuck it i'll drink it <laughs> and he has a bottle opener right on the dashboard <laughs> <laughs> man john goodman's character is, is so epic in that movie like, he is he is he is hilarious it's like <laughs> like and it's so random because you like he's just like this random guy who uh he's he, like he's his, his good friend but he just he's kind of he's he has all the vices right he's got all yeah. uh <laughs> all he's got that. all the liquor yeah. liquor porno mags drugs all that he's a total enabler pretty yeah, much pretty pretty much yeah yeah 
Oh man, and then we got Talking Heads, Psycho hold Killer. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. We didn't even talk about what's it called the um the scene where where this was used in Sympathy for the Devil. Oh yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, yeah, the yeah, what's it called? Black Nar, the season two opener when he when he storms a stronghold. He's the Black Nar. He's the one that doesn't say anything at all and dresses in all black. And in the book, he's actually a clone of the Homelander. Really? Yeah. Okay. Probably yeah. why the Homelander doesn't get on him in the show. Yeah, it's like weird. He, you know, like you said, he doesn't say anything. Um, but I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we find out more about that uh, in later episodes or, or yeah. season three or um, season three. Um, true, true that. Yeah, and the lyrics are written from the point of view of Satan himself. It's like social commentary, but within the context of the show, it's like it, I think it just highlights what what Vought International's real plans are and how the soups, they just really want the public's love, sympathy, how they think they're entitled to it. Yeah, in the song, I feel like there's kind of like a um, a sharp contrast, right? Like he, the, the scene, he's like, Black Noir is like tearing up all these bad guys, but the song kind of sounds like, it doesn't mm-hmm. sound, it doesn't have like a, like a hardcore vibe to it. It's kind of... Upbeat. Yeah, it's upbeat. It's like... Uh, um, it's like, like that the, song, uh, Mr. Sandman, and uh, when we were we were um, Deadpool in Deadpool, yeah, with that soundtrack, or or any like or any Marty Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino scenes, like what's it called the uh, the ear cutting scene in Reservoir Dogs, yeah, stuck in the or, middle or, with you, yeah, or the uh, or the or the scene from Goodfellas where uh, what's his face Billy Bats catches that beat down from Conway and uh, <laughs> what's his face Tommy, yeah, yeah. That. But they Donovan's uh, Atlantis playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like when that guy had his head head in the vice in Casino. Like I mean, Charlie just, M. Yeah, he's like, you make me put your head in a vice for that piece of shit. <laughs> Some guy named Charlie M. <laughs> Joe Pesci, man, so epic. He's funny, so epic, and he was so good in The Irishman. That's yeah, such was. an epic film. Um, he was. Yeah, but this song is uh, this song's epic, man. Um, and 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 we go uh, we go to uh, Billy Joel again, right? Is that a pressure? Pressure. Mm-hmm. So uh, and this one's used in the end credits, um, and it's right before what the, the scenes between Huey and Starlight. Um, and I'm yeah, trying, I'm trying to remember this one. Like I think I think Huey I think. Because Starlight, Huey only met Starlight in her civilian identity when she's Annie, right? He didn't know that she's part of the Seven, who he now hates because they killed, because A-Train killed his, his girlfriend. Yeah. Right? So when they learn of each other's identities, really, it's like that's mounting pressure on all sides to achieve their goals and to prevent the other, prevent either side from achieving theirs, you know? Yeah. So and being, w- was this when they started kind of dating a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So I guess you're right. Um, Starlight kind of feels the pressure too from the seven, right? To, to she's kind of feeling it, you know, on both sides, right? Like it's from, from Feel- Huey and from from the and seven, from, and from her fellow superheroes, yeah. Because she's learning that this superhero shit it is not all it's cracked up to be. I mean, what's his face? The deep he tried to he tried to rape her on her first day, pretty much. And yeah, that Queen was, May, huh? That was weird. <laughs> Was that when he was yeah. like standing? He was standing like naked. With, with, and, with, with, yeah, with his dick out. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was creepy. 
Um, and, and the book, The Homelander, he actually rapes her, though. Oh, weird. Yeah, that's ugh. Uh, not that's weird, but I, I can see that. I can see him doing that. But even on the show, even on the show, no but. Ugh. I mean, like I said, this show is the show in the book. It's like very, very adult. It's, it's gritty, like kick, man. It's very it's like gritty. Kick ass. It's like kick ass. It's it's definitely. Uh, you may not want to have kids around watching that show. Right, it, right, it's, right. It, it's kind of gra- It's pretty graphic. Um, then, then again, look at Deadpool and how many how many parents took their kids to go see that. They yeah, probably thought exactly. it was gonna, They probably thought it was going to be a regular superhero film. Like, nah. The trailer told me it wasn't, but even then, that did not do the movie justice. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh, yeah. <laughs> There's definitely some humor in there that's not suitable for kids. But uh, hell no. All right, the Talking Heads, Psycho Killer, our next track. Um, yeah, Talking Heads, that's a band. I, I really, I, the only reason why I know them is because I like the this DJ band from um, Washington, D.C. called Thievery Corporation. I know and them. Talking Heads did a collaboration with Thievery Corporation. And I think the lead singer, and he showed up at one of their shows that I went to. Um, but, I mean, I guess this is more, is this more of like a cult band? I mean... I mean, kind of, kind of. It's like like punk, like punk and new wave put together. So it's like they have like a cult following. And Psycho Killer, I've seen that used in like horror films or TV shows that involve a serial killer where the song is used in a tongue in cheek manner. Okay, yeah, and this is um, that's used in the end when um, when Huey gets hit. Was it hit by uh, Billy? He gets thumped by Billy. Gets beaten by him, but decides to rejoin the gang anyway. Yeah, um, Billy's definitely Billy Butcher, man. That guy's he's a show, man. <laughs> he he's brutal. He is brutal. Yeah, more he, brutal. Than, more brutal than his name implies. Yeah, and I bet you they what they probably named gave him that name right too to kind of up, play off or kind of Bill the Butcher. Yeah, that's his or character, from right? Yeah, from gangs in New York. Yeah. That may be another of the gangs in New York right there. I was thinking that too. It's like Billy Butcher, Bill the Butcher, and then also this rapper from Buffalo, New York named Benny the Butcher. Oh, I've never heard of him. Is he, uh, is he good or? He, he's dope. He's dope, it's, so to speak. It's like he's um he's really having that 90s drug talk. In fact, he, his, last, his, his CD that he dropped this year, The Plugs I Met Part 2, was all about the the connects and the drug dealers that he's met over the years pretty much. But the way he tells the stories, the way he raps it, it's dope. And, and to go in line with the whole Benny, the butcher stage name, which sounds like an Italian killer. His group is called the black soprano family. Wow. <laughs> the Sopranos, what an epic show, man. I keep rewatching oh, yes. it. It doesn't ever get old for me. <laughs> no, nah, it doesn't. Neither does a wire, even though that shows definitely a period piece by now from the way it looks. Yeah, exactly. Um, Aerosmith, man, Dream On, next track, epic song. Oh, great song, great song. That's one of them songs where it's like if I hear it on the radio, I don't care what part it's at, I will listen to it all the way through. Yeah, I mean, I I normally see it on TV or something for like Nike commercials or sports commercials or something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, it just fits, on, uh, fits perfectly. I feel like they w- this was a song they did early in their career, right? Because I feel like um, – yeah, it was from their 1973 self-titled album, and it's noted for being one of the few songs where Steven Tyler actually sings in his real voice, not his, not the voice we he, we well know him for. Yeah, because I felt like he sounded different. I'm like, he sounds more like high-pitched, 
you know, and like his voice doesn't sound as raspy as like, you know, how raspy or screaming, yeah, like a screaming kind of uh, kind of singing that he used to do. Yeah. And um, I mean, Steven Tyler mentioned in, in a Rolling Stones article that he wrote the song in a, during a period of hopelessness. Right. And and that was revisited back in 2002 in a Rolling Stones article when Eminem sampled this song for uh, his song Sing for the Moment. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And despite, but despite the hopelessness of the lyrics, I'm like, this, this is one of Aerosmith's most well-known songs, most well-utilized songs. So you're going to get paid forever off this. Yeah. Yeah. Get royalties and they're, they're uh, set for life. You're, you're set. And this is, this is played when, uh, when, um, Homelander sees uh, Stormfront, right? Like this is what uh-huh. the end of, is this the end of episode, what, five? It's in season two. Yeah. And season it's- two. Yeah. It's very fitting because Homelander finds Stormfront, the, the, that, that Nazi chick who joins the group. At she, first, Homelander is put off by her because she's very loud and knows how to, what's it called, knows how to work the media better than him. She's but, got that weird like kind of haircut, right, where it's like buzzed kind of on the side. and A little bit, yeah. yeah. She's dark haired. Yeah. Yeah. And Homelander, he sees her as his dream girl. Yeah, that's interesting. Because um, I, I would, it definitely seemed like he was not liking her much at first. Like they were and complete he, opposites. And and when it's and when we find out about Stormfront's past, she's over a hundred years old, uh, a German Nazi part of the Third Reich. Yeah, oh, and wow. she keeps uh, yeah, and she keeps trying to like what's it called, impress her Nazi beliefs very subtle like. Because she tries it with uh, a train, right? She's like, I think that some people are just undesirables. Oh boy. Yeah, and then she tries it with Homelander's son too, and Homelander's all uncomfortable. Like he wants to say, like he wants to say, "Lady, I while I do think I'm better than everybody, I'm not a fucking Nazi." Yeah, I mean, there's so many different uh, kind of themes in the show, you know, and well, it, it makes it uh, it makes it kind of both relevant but still interesting, you know, and shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of shocking, like like you said, songs with an upbeat happy happy sound to them being juxtaposed with a dark fucked up scene yeah our next track happy together by the turtles so happy together that one (laughs) yeah the turtles like this is a band i haven't really heard of before either um i I know the song you know the song song, but i never heard i never knew the group yeah and this scene's being played when uh what's a homelander stormfront they're in a they're like trying to stop a bank robber yeah, they stop a bank robber in the alley, right? And what's it called? Homelander has his head on the guy's face, but he's concentrating on Stormfront the whole time. It's like, anybody around? No. Let's do it. And they start having sex right then and there, and Homelander smashes the guy's head nonchalantly. Yeah, the show, like, the show is so graphic, man. Like, and, like, there was that one scene where they were trying to find the, uh, what's it, that um, that drug that the super, uh, super, um, Superheroes yeah. are taking what was it? Uh, Compound V. Compound V, yeah. And uh, they find A Train's girlfriend, and like, mm-hmm. like she ends up like, uh, she ends up like splitting some dude's head in half, and it's like it's there's just scenes like that where you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, you know? yeah, pop claw, pop claw. When she wrote that dude so hard, she broke his head. It's like, good God, yeah, like, like this. Just... Will, so, so this is what happens when superheroes have sex. <laughs> It's weird. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's shocking I mean, and weird, but it, it, it makes the show, uh, I guess it, it keeps you, interesting. Uh, yeah. It keeps you, um, attentive. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this song, um, 
what the lyrics you look at it i can't see me loving nobody but you for all my life when you're with mm-hmm. me baby the skies be blue like i'm yeah. like she's not she's not for you homelander she isn't for you yeah well, i mean I, yeah and this the scene where they first have sex she's like laser my fucking tits jeez oh, like but that's yeah. not that's but that's not did you did you see the episode where what's it called where the where the boys are trying to get into that mental institute where all the soups are being held at i'm blanking on that scene all right check this out they had a lot of references like other superhero films in there they had a uh, the lamplighter a, a pyrokinetic guy who create fire he's played by sean ashmore who played iceman in all the x-men films and um there's a guy called a uh, love sausage who they tried to help escape you know what his power is I don't want to know. <laughs> well, our our viewers, our viewers might. He has a prehensile penis. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh like, boy. and so so mother's milk. When he thinks he's being choked, he's like, wait a minute, this is not an arm. And I'm like, definitely, no, uh, it's not. Definitely, uh, no. yeah. Like I said, not not a show for uh, not, not a, a show, show for kids. No, not a show for no. kids, but. Uh, oh man, so Cynthia Free is our next track. Thank you for being a friend. The um, most well known. And the most well-known version of that song, yeah, it's by her, yeah, being the open theme for the Golden Girls. I did not know that. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Andrew Gold, pop artist, he wrote. He originally wrote this song and included it on his third album, 1978's All This in Heaven Too. But the song got more popular because of Cynthia Fee covering it and having it used on uh, the Golden Girls. So she'll, And that's another example who, of somebody who will always be paid. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and that show, what that's a syndicated show, right? That that's mm-hmm. uh huh. And Betty White, and, well, Betty White's super uh, super famous for that. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, I think she's still alive, right? Is she? Betty White's still alive. She's in her nineties, I think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she was in. Uh, I always remember my 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 wife loves that movie, The Proposal. So if she's yeah. in that. <laughs> I'm like, wow, she's a. Uh, She's still like you know, mate. She's still showing up in films and stuff. It's pretty crazy. And one of the Golden Girls, Estelle Getty. I forget which. I forget which one she is. But uh, she was in one of my from one of my movies I love from my childhood, Mannequin. Okay. Yeah, I don't with think Andrew, I've seen that one with, with Andrew McCarthy and Kim Cattrall, where she's she's a mannequin that comes to life occasionally, and McCarthy's a store a store clerk. Oh yeah, I think I've seen. Yeah, I've seen that on like HBO parts of it. Mm-hmm. Kim Cattrall, yeah. yeah, and then she was in Sex in the City, right? Like, yep. Okay. And then Andrew McCarthy, all I know him from is really the the Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> oh yeah, that um, Saint Almost Fire, Less Than Zero. He's been a lot of stuff. Yeah. And this song right here, it, uh, "Thank You for Being a Friend," it's used when Stormfront reveals her Nazi past, the Homelander. Yeah. Um, and as soon as it as soon as it airs, I'm like. I kind of roll my eyes like are you, seriously y'all use this song <laughs> really yeah again it goes back to like like you were saying it's like the mr sandman from from deadpool and then uh stuck in the middle with you and uh and uh uh-huh. reservoir dogs i mean they 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 use all these songs where it's like you think that they would be in like pleasant like happy scenes and they're on all these like dark messed up, <laughs> they messed are, up yeah. scenes. so then we have billy joel only the good die young great this song is, yeah that's a that's a classic um it's using yeah it's classic um what it was on his his classic album the stranger the one where that where he finally commercially blew up back in 78 yeah, yeah i mean the, this, yeah, the, 
Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go. You go. Oh, no. I was just going to say, um, I was trying to remember what scene this was in. Oh, um, uh, this. It was in the ending scene of of the end of season two, where that that politician lady, Victoria Newman, right, um, the one the one that, that who's who's against the soups, and the one that Homelander tried to make look like AOC, right? Yeah, Huey decides to join her campaign, and try and then wants to go undercover working in her campaign, seemingly unaware unaware that she's also a superpowered person herself. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Are you are you excited about season three, man? You think it's going to be good, or I'm excited about season three because um, I don't know if you've noticed this, like what's it called? How the soups, part of their marketing, part of their PR, their PR spiel is like every time they save somebody, they're like, oh, no, oh no, 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 you guys, you guys are the real heroes. <laughs> you see them do that? Yeah. All right, well, considering the pandemic that's been happening for over a year now, and they say like the first responders, essential workers are like, these guys are the real heroes. You think they'll incorporate that into the into the boys season three somehow? I don't know. I mean, maybe <laughs> they, maybe they will, maybe. but uh, it's like, who knows how much like, they, I mean, the filming must be like having to work through all of that must be a disaster just trying to maintain like, you know, social Somebody, distancing and filming the 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 that. The scenes and, somebody, and and somebody in the comic book store today it was new comic it was new comics today new comics Wednesday somebody told me that the filming of season three got delayed really yeah, yeah I'm not surprised of, neither am I neither am I I mean did you hear about Tom Cruise he like freaked out on his movie set like lost it on somebody because they weren't like social distancing or wearing masks or something I mean, they actually like recorded him they pulled a Christian Bale remember when Christian Bale like lost his mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, people were just and people think that Bale was justified in that too. It's like if someone's not getting it right, then yeah, I'd be a little bit pissed off too. Well, I mean, if you're pouring your heart and soul out, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that's got to be. And he's a method actor, so I mean, it's got to be like draining. He was, and he's in character too, so yeah, he's and just Tom really Cru passionate. You know, he's passionate about what he does, and I think Tom Cruise is too. But so is he. Yeah, it's like from what I've heard about him, it's like like Tom Cruise. He's very professional. He remembers everybody's name on the set. And if you're there to make a movie, Tom Cruise is your best friend. Yeah. I mean, he brings his A game. He know? does. He does his own stunts, too. And, he, and he's damn near 60. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he brings his A game. I can't, you know, knock him. <laughs> can't knock him on his acting abilities. No, he, uh, can, he can act. He can act. And Hollywood, Hollywood just hates him. He's been nominated for Oscars three times. It's never won. Yeah, I loved him in Collateral. I mean, he's so many movies that guy's been in. and just, Collateral was dope. Yeah. He was just like, I've never seen him act like that before. That was a different character, whole Same. new level of like dark, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. But uh, this this song is a classic, The Only the Good Die Young. Um, do, yeah, you, it's like, do you think this, this is really what made him blow up though? Or like this was like the song? I, I don't think it made him blow up. I mean, the album, The Stranger, that was a big hit all around, right? Yeah, well, I, I was. I, mean, I this, always think it's like Uptown Girl was like the the big, you know, one of the big big hits or one of them. One of them. The biggest one for me had to be uh, "Moving Out." Okay. Move. Yeah, the, and that's been used frequently. Like, if that's moving up, then I'm moving out. That one. Okay. Okay. Because we've heard that in Wolf of Wall Street, um, several areas. Yeah. Um, this next band, Peaches. I've never heard of them either. Like see oh this song always want to be her oh yeah it's like a it's it's a real 
it's a very crunching guitar instrumental because it's used at the end of season two. One of the episodes there where, um, well, not episodes, but one of the scenes there where, and this is a direct parody of the girl power, all girl scene from Avengers Endgame. Okay. Yeah, it's a parody. of <laughs> This is where they're knocking on the like the superhero franchises again. Yeah, they are. Yeah, because all throughout season two, they had the whole theme about girls get it done, girl power. Like they're really just harping on the whole that that because the scene in Endgame where all the girls come together, it's like it's like I get what you're doing. It's cute, but really, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not natural. Gotcha. This and then, yeah. and then, do you think that did you see the the latest Wonder Woman movie? Yeah. Yeah, it sucked. I didn't hear it was very good at all. Like it's it sucked. I mean, they blew their load on the opening the opening five or six minutes of it when they were on Paradise Island in that contest. That was like the best. The cinematography, the special effects, the music were on point. Everything else after that, including the plot and acting, just went downhill. Yeah, I didn't hear uh, that. But do you think that the Godzilla movie was better than that? Or yeah, yeah, okay. the God's, was- Godzilla vs Kong was better than Wonder Woman eighty four. Yeah, Mortal Kombat was better than Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, I hear like a lot of good things about Mortal Kombat. Like Yeah, I I I I admit I knocked the movie at first without having seen it until yesterday cuz I didn't want to see it because when I learned that Johnny Cage was not in it, it's like what the fuck how do you not include Cage? He's one of the originals. Was Jackson there? Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they included all the all the characters from the original Mortal Kombat game and, and some from the second one as well and some from the subsequent video games, but this is better than Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which, which anything is better than, and better than the first Mortal Kombat film from '95. Yeah, the uh, the more I love that game. I mean, me too. I love, Let me ask you. Yeah, go ahead. What, what for Mortal Kombat? You had Mortal Kombat one at all? I think I had the second one too, like the second game that came out. I for, forget the name of the the game though. It was Mortal Kombat two. No, <laughs> Mortal Kombat two. Easy enough. Yeah, I. Yeah, what console did you have them for? I think I had it for um, Game Gear, Sega Game Gear. Okay, because because what's it called? Um, the the character, the Scorpion, right? I had Mortal Kombat one just for SNES. I think I might be the only person who had it on SNES when I should have got it for Sega, right? Yeah. And and the Scorpion in my copy of SNES, when he pulls somebody over, he says, "Come here." Yeah. And every other version, he's like, "Get over here." Yeah. So it just back wasn't, in fifth, it didn't match up. Like, it didn't match up, nah. So in ele- elementary school, in fifth grade, when I'm having like debates, when we're talking about Mortal Kombat with, with my friends and whatnot, and we're having these debates about what the Scorpion says, like, no, he doesn't. He says, come here. No, he says, get over here. So it's like I had to, I had to bring some people over my house to prove that that's what he says. <laughs> and then and then we learned that it's it's different for I'm, I'm across consoles. Didn't Paul like Paul Anderson like direct the first Mortal Kombat movie? I'm trying to remember like. Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson? Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah. Like the guy Magnolia? who did, he did like Event uh, Event Horizon mm-hmm. and... Magnolia and with the master and what's it called? Uh, Boogie Nights, that guy? No, no. It's a, it. He was... He's another Paul Anderson, I think. Um, so he did Event Horizon. He did... Um, he did the Aliens vs. Predator movie, which was terrible. Yeah. Um, but anyways... Um, yeah, but well, the, I'm glad it was but, good. I'm glad the movie yeah. was good. And the peaches, this scene right here, boys want to be her. That that is a, that's a good title because the girls, Starlight, Queen Maeve, and Kamiko, they give a beat down to Stormfront. They beat the shit out of her. Talk about eat my shit, you Nazi bitch! Stomping on her, kicking her, spitting her. 
spin on her, and all the guys, Frenchie, Mother's Milk, Huey, they're like, and Frenchie's like, girls really do get it done. <laughs> Frenchie is such a funny character, man. Like, <laughs> and uh, he he's like kind of the comic relief almost, you know. He's he is, yeah. Because when Huey came back to came back to rescue them, even though he's trapped with them, he's like, so you came back to sit here with us to get captured with us. You thought you came here to rescue us. Good job, Huey. Good job. <laughs> One of the scenes that I was cracking up on, and I had to mention this to you, is that scene where they're in the speedboat and they mm-hmm. the, the the whale. Whale. <laughs> Why did I think that that was so funny? I was just cracking I'm up like, the whole time. I'm like, like, I'm like, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but this shit is funny as hell. <laughs> it's, like that, it's like that Borat scene where, what's it called? In the first Borat film where he's like naked wrestling in 69 and with that big fat Arab dude in the hotel. It's like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm disgusted, but I'm, I'm laughing, and I don't think I should be doing either. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, like, and then Huey gets stuck in the in the boat. Like, you know, he's just sitting yeah. in there, and, he, and and Billy Butcher comes and he's like, uh, "You can, you can, you can come out of here now." Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> it was funny, man. I was just like, you weren't yeah. expecting that. Like that other guy. who is the the superhero? Like who has like the um he like he's like a fish. I forget his name. The he deep. was the guy, he was the guy with the whale who tried to get the whale to stop the boat. Yeah, yeah, the deep, the deep. He's supposed to be like a parody of Aquaman or, or okay. Submariner. Yeah, he's got gills, he's got gills in his stomach and whatnot. Yeah, and he tries to st- like you, you think that he's gonna like stop them and like yeah, the boat just goes right through the way. <laughs> now nah, the deep, a lot of bad shit happens to him. He has bad luck. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like when he tried a- to re- when he tried to rescue that dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like a, just a total like screw up. You know, he's a total he screw up. But uh, all right, I mean, we go to what Beach Boys? Is that that's our last one? God only that's our knows. La- yeah, after everything that's gone down in the final episode of season two, with like uh, with Homeland, with Rebecca Butcher being dead, uh, Homelander's son going over with the boys now, and and Vod has to give like a whole new PR sh- PR shtick about what's been what's been going on with Stormfront after she got revealed as a Nazi. And got burnt the hell up. She's still alive, but she's incapacitated now. Wow. Yeah. I mean, she was uh, (laughs) definitely an interesting character. Yeah. Um, And they got a, and they got, so Vod has to do a lot of damage control based on that disaster. Yeah. Yeah. You know who really doesn't like her is, um, what's it? Star, uh, Star, um, Starlight. Starlight. Yeah. She definitely doesn't like her at all. No, after 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 Stormfront went to talk to her mother and tried to tell her mother a bunch of shit, like nah, I wouldn't like that bitch neither. No. no. And A Train, A Train, he decided to help start after after he A Train had a kind of a change of heart, so to speak. Like last season he was he was passing out from heart failure after taking too much of compound V. Yeah. And then he decides to help the boys, right? And they're like, Why are you helping us for? Why are you giving this information for about Stormfront? Because if I'm because if she's out, I'm in. Fuck that Nazi bitch. And he got back in by keeping his mouth shut when the deep just told the truth of that that church they were with, that superhero church they were with. And you notice how they keep passing around like Fresca can sodas and whatnot during season two. I didn't see that. Uh, yeah, they, they they kept doing it. Would you like a Fresca? I'm like, I'm not gonna look at that shit the same because of this show. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I like Fresca. <laughs> and that's like a Sprite, right? Fresca, like a it's Sprite, like, or it's made by Coca Cola. It has no calories. It's basically citrus or orange, a very citrusy or orange soda. Yeah. Fresca. 
Yeah, I haven't had that. Mm-hmm. I haven't had that. Uh, I, the only time I've had that, I think it's got to be like 10 plus years ago. Like, <laughs> same here. Same here. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't even know if they still make it. Yeah, me neither. It's like, it's like tab, tab cola. Do they still make that? I don't think they do. Nah. But uh, the the Beach Boys uh, was it? Do you think so? Do you think this is another one kind of like Mr. Sandman from from Deadpool? This is kind of like that because the Homelander, after a stressful day, he's on top of a building. Um, he's on top of a building, whacking off. Oh boy! Yeah, I can do whatever I want. And he's having a very hard time, so to speak. Jeez. He's he keeps saying, "I can do whatever I want." I'm like. If you ever do have a release, I feel for whoever that whoever's head that lands on. Oh, jeez, man. Yeah, because either it, either it'll burn right through them or just knock them out like an anvil. <laughs> this show, man, it is a uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely it's definitely graphic. It's shocking, but uh, it's it's good. Uh, that's uh, what keeps that's what keeps me interested. I mean, season three, I can't wait to see how they up the ante there. Yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully they they keep keep the pace man and keep it going i mean um, yeah they've had they've had plenty of cameos too like like, like you said earlier like Haley joel osmond oh yeah i forgot about him in. yeah he was uh, he he was in it um i was uh yeah the, the he, minds the mind seer or something i forget his name yeah you could read minds do you think that they were that that was kind of a joke or about a joke a about his sixth sense yeah. Six sense yeah i think so i think so yeah because i thought he see he had posted something on social media or like did, he was like Billy Butcher doesn't doesn't do me right or something, you know, and because you know uh-huh. he smashes his like head in or something, right? Right, like in yeah. The bathroom or mm-hmm. in the bathroom after he snitched on the boys of the Homelander, gave the Homelander his phone. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty rough scene, but yeah. But uh, hey, man, this was awesome. This, this was, is fun. Uh, good catching back up again. Good. Uh, no, no doubt, man. What, what are we gonna do next? I'm thinking. Uh, thinking maybe we do. Uh, we should do a, a crime film, maybe. Maybe we do. Uh, maybe we do Black Mass. Maybe we do Heat. Heat. Heat would Heat. be a really good one. That would be a really good one. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've seen I've seen Black Mass enough, but Heat. There's so much going on in Heat. It's damn near three hours in an ensemble cast. Yeah, I mean, and the music's epic. So many good uh, you know, Moby, and I won't even go mm-hmm. into it. But there's there's a lot of good uh, a lot of good music in that. Lots of good music. Totally, man. Well, hey, man, thanks for doing this, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get together again soon. All right, just keep me posted. I mean, you know I'm always down for this. All right, take care, man. All right, bro. Bye. You too, man. podcast is available on my YouTube channel, Rotunes Reviews. It's also available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other major podcast distributors as well. So if you don't mind, please leave me some feedback. I'd really appreciate that. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Rotunes Revs. I'm on Instagram, and I'm also on the Untapped app. My username is Brutuned. This is Andrew signing off. Cheers. Cheers.